great audio tonight. Very. I guess since Tim's not here, uh, <laughs> welcome to the Pilsner Podcast. Uh, we're playing small things because this is probably going to be a small episode. Uh, we're in our temporary studio because Tim's not here, so we are down at Adam's store. So with me is Adam. This is Corey. Hey, this hey. is Adam. And uh, sign guy. Yeah, the sign guy. Sign Adam, guy. And, how Tim ever does yeah. that. And uh, Tim's not here. We can't say why, but if you're a listener, you can probably figure it out. Andy has still abandoned us, so it's the two of us tonight. And we were talking about this beer for about five minutes, <laughs> and then we realized, oh, shit, we should turn the recorder on and at least catch some of this. So what do we have here, Adam? Uh, it's a new brewery out of uh, La Crosse. It's called 608 Brewing Company. Um, and this is their uh, New England IPA, hazy IPA. <clears throat> it's a. Want me to read the description sure. of it? On Untapped, it's uh, IPA New England IPA triple dry hopped with Vic Secret to rate of three pounds per barrel of beer. Has notes of pineapple, passion fruit, and pine. And a pine finish. Uh, and it's called, is it Vicnado? Is that what they call it? Yeah, how do you pronounce that? Vicnado? Vicnado? I don't know. Vishno? I don't know. V-I-C-N-A-D-O. Vicnado? I have no idea. It's really good. I like it a lot. We were saying that it comes across very citrusy. But then the taste like disappears. There's no aftertaste to it. Very it's like, weird. Smooth. Yeah. For beer, I don't yeah. know if that's a. Yeah. No. I would say. I'm gonna give it a. Three point seven five. And I'm even gonna write it down so that Tim can. Continue to track it when he's back from his sabbatical. You know, I'm thinking, I think, you know, I just got done. We're drinking out of little glasses tonight. Plastic cups. <laughs> <laughs> we're high class in it. Yeah, because, you know, we just got to make do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate this. I think when I am get done with my second glass here, my small glass, I think I'm going to rate it a four. I. It's a four beer. Yeah, it really is. I waddled back and forth between three, seven, five, and four. And when you first said three point seven five, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I agreed with you, but I think the more we drink this, or I drink this, the more I'm gonna like it. And I made the mistake of brushing my teeth right before I came over here, and I've done that a few <laughs> times now. And I think quit it's, doing that. I think it seems to hinder the taste of the first beer, so. Maybe if I hadn't brushed my teeth just recently, I would call it a four, but it's a very good beer. Yeah. 7.5 is the ABV, but it doesn't have the the IBUs. You said. No, it doesn't, yeah. it it doesn't, doesn't even have it on It doesn't have it on the can, and it doesn't have it listed on untapped either, so. I don't know, does, do they have a, uh, 
website. <laughs> I actually ranked it a four on untapped. Oh, <laughs> so I'll up my score to a four then. That was my initial, that was my initial score. 608. <coughs> Anything exciting happen in your world this week? I did a whole lot of farming. A lot of farming. And if it didn't rain today, I got rained out, I would have finished up with the combining today. And so just a little uh, tillage to get then to do, huh? <coughs> yep. Yeah, I was kind of prepared. I didn't know if I was going to have to do a solo show tonight. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just like, just like it donged on me. It was like in the afternoon, I wasn't combining for like the last, shoot, the last two, three hours. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, wait, I better tell Corey I'm rained out. Yeah, I was, I was going to text you. I just hadn't gotten to that point yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, twins hired a new manager. Yes. What do you think of that? Youngest, um, youngest one? Youngest manager in baseball. Um, I like the name. Um, yeah, Rocco Baldelli. Um, I had kind of, I mean, I don't think I was the only one predicting it, but that it was going to be a young manager. Uh, this guy's 37 years old, so we officially have Major League Baseball managers and coaches that are younger than us, which makes me feel kind of yeah. old. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought when I read it. Um, My crap. <laughs> he, so I did a little research on him because I admitted that I hadn't hadn't, hadn't heard of him. Andy kind of gave me a hard time for not uh, having heard of him. Apparently he was a top prospect on the fast track to becoming a superstar and then had some medical issues. So I think he came up to the major leagues in 2003. And then um, I think in 2004, he was diagnosed with some health issues. Getting to it here. And then he uh, in 2005, his career was derailed by a rare metabolic and muscular disorder that caused frequent soft tissue injuries for fatigue and other ailments. Um, so he's got the Joe Mauer syndrome. Okay. <laughs> he was unable to play in 2005 and missed significant time over the following seasons as doctors struggled to diagnose and treat his condition. So he, you know, so he kind of was supposed to be a big thing and then kind of fell off and career got derailed. And then, uh, he spent the last, uh, spent three years as a minor league instructor and special assistant and then became the first base coach in the 2014 season. And then in last season, he was the major league field coordinator. Yeah, that was like a, a made-up role for him just to keep him on the team? A front office role, basically. Yeah, from yeah. what I understand. So, and then as of today, he was named the new manager of the Minnesota Twins. Um, Let's hope he has a better uh, record than uh, our last guy. Well, I like the fact that they brought in somebody <laughs> younger, and I mean, Molitor wasn't exactly old. I mean, but he was sixty-two. Um, it's old for me, and but he should be able to connect better with the younger players, and he's a little more analytics-driven, which in this era of baseball is, is kind of the fad right now, is to okay. to the sabermetrics and 
having coaches that are in tune with that sort of thing. Um, from what I understand about Molitor is that the the Falvey and Levine tried to push some of the sabermetric stuff on Molitor, and he would mention it to the players, but wouldn't like enforce it real hard. He would just tell them, "Hey, you know." It'd be like if I said, "Adam, go make that sign," and and you said, "Yeah, okay, I will," and then you never did it. Right. You know. Um, it's kind of how I roll right now. Yeah. No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm excited. I, I think it'll be a good move for the Twins and and for the team. Um, it'll be interesting now to see if Maurer comes back. Okay. Um, and now it's like their guy. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I'm excited that we finally have a manager from outside the organization. Yeah. You know, it's the first manager from outside of the organization since I can't honestly say where Tom Kelly came from. If he was, yeah, I don't know. That's a long time. You know, ago was he already. promoted from within the organization or was he hired from outside? I have no idea. I mean, that was I was eight years old. So, but I think he came, I think he became the manager in '86. So this is the first time since 86 we've had a manager from outside the organization. <laughs> so. Long overdue then. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted. In your eyes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted when they hired Molitor. I wanted them to go outside the organization. And, uh, I mean, Molitor did okay, consider what he was given, but I've been a little underwhelmed by some of his, even his in-game coaching decisions that I thought were yeah. Many times I've been texting with Andy and talking about, you know, pulling pitchers early or leaving even leaving a guy in the bullpen too long or I mean, as much as I I am a pro Joe Maurer guy, I don't think Joe Maurer was in the right spot in the in our lineup for a number of years, you know, and that's a managerial decision. Yep. Um you know, so I think it's time to get some new blood in there, and I'm excited to see what happens. Okay, good. I'm kind of excited, too. Yeah. You know? going to start watching some games? Maybe. <laughs> Did you, uh... I always kind of kept track of them. I just, I have a hard time watching baseball. Yeah. I do. I don't know why. You're not alone. Mm. I mean, people think that it's boring. The games drag on. I don't know if it's boring. It just... It's, oh, I mean that's what, that's what other it, it people just, say. It just doesn't it doesn't keep my attention, right? You know, I, I'm interested in it, but it's like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I got this to do and that to do, and then I'll come back, you know, right, or whatever, you know. And even me, I mean, I'll watch baseball games, and and even myself now that my kids are older. Um, it's nothing like football, where football, you know, I can sit down and watch the whole game, right. Where with baseball, it's like I turn it on and I walk away. Right. And I can't. And then I can come back and say, oh, how are they doing? It's not right. like it's bo- I'm bored of it. It's just it's it's a game easy to walk away yeah. from and do something else. Maybe that's what the meaning is of bored. My, I don't know. My favorite way to, I mean, I, I like watching the Twins, especially when they're, I mean, everyone enjoys watching a team when they're good. Yes. But, you know. One, I I like listening to the Twins on the radio. I okay. Mean, when there's a day game and I'm working and I can have it on the radio, that you know that's kind of, that's almost my favorite way to take it in. Okay. Um, Speaking of the radio, did you uh, you go to the football game? The Springfield football. I did game? not. What I miss? 
I I well, I was listening to it on the radio. Okay. And uh, the announcer was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Was it Lumber? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he made he made a I guess there were some refing issues and he just made a lot of comments about them. It was quite uh, entertaining. <laughs> you mean was, was was the announcement was Lumber being a little hometown favoritism there? Um at, at points, but he was just uh I think at one point they had like a it seemed like a five minute discussion, the refs oh, really? during the Trying game. Trying to figure out a call. Yeah. And he was making a lot of good one liners and comments and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, all right, Lumber. Good well, job. And, and I, I get that. I mean you always want the refs to make the right decision, but they shouldn't have to take that much time to make the right decision. I had actually I was kind of following the game along on Twitter. I'm trying to think where I was at. Oh, I was driving home, so I had to stop. I think I left the cities at like little. I left the cities at like four o'clock that day, so before I left, I had like checked on my phone. And I saw they were down fourteen to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, started then, off bad. And then, being I was up there, I couldn't find it. You know, I wasn't on the radio anywhere, and I thought, wow. They're gonna. They're getting smoked. It's over, you know. And that was early, and then I got home. You know, I was driving from Stillwater, so it was three hours home. And uh, I was surprised when I got home and saw check Twitter again and saw that they had come back and won, like scored thirty five unanswered points. So I was like, "Yep." At the end of the second quarter, they just started rolling. I saw it was fifteen nothing at halftime, so they had come back by then already, and then. And they just kept on rolling, and they, they did well. They did very well. They put uh, Fink in the backfield. I saw that. Yeah. That was... that. The uh, Sleep Guy have a pretty decent team. Oh, I mean, I don't know what they were seeding. Well, seated, we were the three seed, so they must have been the... One, two, they must have been, like, the sixth seed then. Okay. I suppose, yeah. Because I think the last time we played them, it was a shootout. Was it? It was, like... We won like forty five to forty two or something yeah. like that. If oh I yeah, that was like right. one of the last games of the season, like the second to last game. Yeah, yes. yep, that's right. That's and right. Now we play MVL, which they're kind of little unbeatable. So for who I talked to today, is that who it is? Was MVL right? I thought it was in New Orleans, but pretty sure of it. Well, why don't you guys talk amongst yourselves and all? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so this guy was telling me they're running an offense. Uh, I can't remember the town, but last year they went to Not state and won. Old Cathedral. Cathedral. Yeah, yeah, that's who we're. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. Not MVL. Well, <laughs> so, it's a it's church, New church school in New Orleans. Yeah, it's a Christian school in New Orleans. You got it right. Close enough. <laughs> But they they basically run in the offense from this. Is it Elk River? Is okay. That, and this offense is just no one can beat them. And what they do is the line like they line up tight. They're touching each other. Mm-hmm. And you got the quarterback, and then you got three running backs, and when they line up, they hold hands. So they're not, they're always, they're in exact formation. So then, uh, 
who holds hands? The running backs? Yep, all three running backs. Well, they in a line. They this is what wish, I was told. They run a wishbone. No, no, no. It's well, it's not right even a wishbone, but they run three runs. So they stand up and they hold hands like this, and that's as far as you know. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to say this to describe. This and then no receivers. Uh, I think I think they uh, yeah depends upon what they got for tight ends on the field. Right. But basically, I didn't see it. But this guy was trying to explain to me like it's like goal line stance. That's the that's the line, and then you got the quarterback and three running backs lined up this way, and they sell it. They're a bunch of actors, so the quarterback can either run himself or he'll hand off to one of the running backs. Okay, and there's a reason why they're so close to each other. So when he turns around, he kind of. Acts like he's handing off to all three you of them. You don't know which one he's giving it to. Right. And then they all three take off, and they all act like they're carrying the damn ball. In high school, it works. The I'm pretty sure it was Elk River that's been that's had this offense for a few years. Are they... They're unbeatable. They won the state last year. And, like, this year they're beating teams, like, by 55 points. I wonder... And these guys picked up their offense. I'm going to look and see. Let's check out the Minnesota State football rankings. Yes. And I don't even think they're in our class. Well, they got to be in our class if we're playing them in the section tournament. No, 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 no. This this team that that. Oh, the 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 team that they took the this offense from, and it's a it's like a brand new. I don't know. I shouldn't call it brand new offense, but it's a newer well, there, offense uh, offense scheme. I mean, New Old Cathedral is is number fifteen in the state. Okay. With a record of five and three. Okay. So, and uh, Springfield is number nineteen in the state with a record of four and four. Okay. So. I mean, it should be a good matchup, but they must have a very, sounds like an interesting. Yeah. I almost want to go to the game just, Not, to, same just here. to see the offense run. Because this guy that was telling me this, he's even watched tape on him. And he's like, even on tape, it's hard to pick out which running back has the ball. Well, I would imagine because if they're all like. <laughs> Playing it, acting it out. And, them. and they don't just jog. They're They're running. Like they have the damn ball, so as a defensive player, you're looking at him like this guy's. You're my tackle a guy that doesn't I gotta have the go ball. get yeah. him. I mean, it's a good way to break up the defense, I suppose. Yeah, he said he saw a play that the uh, both running backs rolled out or went out. And and they actually handed it off to the guy in the middle, and he went untouched right down the middle for a fucking touchdown. Because everyone went after the two guys that yep. ran the sweep, so they sweep. could they could have the go. two yeah, they the could sweep. have the two outside guys run a sweep to each direction, and you're creating a big hole in the middle. Yeah, man, that almost sounds like something out of like like a cheesy football movie. Like, I know, don't it? You know, it sounds like the annexation of Puerto Rico, like they ran in Little Giants. <laughs> That would never work in real life. Wouldn't. But it does. Here, what I just told you. It's weird. It's, when when the guy was telling me this, I'm like, really? Really? 
What'd you think of the Vikings game on Sunday? Did you watch oh, it? Yes, I watched the Vikings game. Um, I agree with uh, uh, Kirk Cousins saying the offense. Yes, we got to win. Oh, go! A- I just have this wrote down on last week's sheet. Yeah, New Home Cathedral is who Springfield played in the final game of the season for the seeding, and Cathedral beat them forty-three to fifteen. There you go. Yeah. Good notes. There we go. God, I should do this more often. I have notes to follow pre- previous week in front of me. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, you're saying the Vikings. Oh, I, I agree with Kirk. Uh, I think the offense has a lot of work to do. Um, our defense is really starting to come around for what I watched. Uh, you know, I... Uh, there's so many things to the offense that that needs to be fixed. It seems like, or just to, I don't know, cross their T's and dot their I's. Because, okay, for one, I don't know what's going on with our line or with Cousins. Why so many tip balls in the last two three games? From what I understand. That's more of a Cousins thing than a line thing. Okay. He he throws the ball harder and with more zip yep. than the quarterbacks we've had in the past. You know, where Cousin or Keenum and Bradford would put some loft on it and, and kind of touch pass it in there. Whereas right. Cousins just kind of rockets it in there, so it's naturally a lower thrown ball. Um, so I don't know if some of that has to do with our offensive line not being used to that, or if it's just the way it's going to be, you know, I guess I don't, didn't watch him enough in Washington to know if that was maybe the norm. Yeah. I didn't watch him at all in Washington unless they were playing the Vikings and that wasn't much. And I would catch an occasional game if they were on TV here, but, um, so I don't know. I mean. I, I, I question that. I question our line still. I mean, that's our biggest question. Yeah. The biggest thing, and I know I'm like, I've been saying this for a long time since the season started, or maybe a couple of games in, I really question the play calling on the offense side. Because there's some plays that I saw yes, or the last game. It's like, why are we... Why do we keep on calling these plays? Because they don't work. It's like it's chilly all over again. You know, we got this kick-ass offense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw to a, to the wide receiver, or running back a yard behind me, and 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 was and chilly it, the one incomplete. that had the, was chilly the one that had the Randy ratio? No, that was uh, that was Danny Tice Green, or Tice. Yeah. Yep. The Randy ratio. Yep. I kind of agree with you. It seems like. Because you know, it's frustrating watching them. People get excited players. and say that the the running game is coming around. Well, it is, but we played two cush teams. Well, that and this last week we had three runs that accounted for most of our yards. It was like what two thirty yard runs, a thirty eight, like a thirty, and then like a twenty eight yard run. Yeah, that accounted for the majority of our hundred yards and rushing out of the game. Yes. You know, it's not like they were knocking off seven, eight yards on multiple carries. They had three good carries and a bunch of shit carries. 
a lot of shit carries. Um, yes, I, I did not see the game. I listened to it on the radio. We were driving back from Bemidji, but um, I don't know. From what I heard, could hear, it sounded like the wind was a factor in the passing game and in the kicking game. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm a little happier the way the game ended up in the second half. They did to the Jets what I would like to have seen them done to the Cardinals. Remember, I talked about last week about it was a chance to make a statement, put your foot on their throat, and yes, yes. finish them off. And it seems like they kind of did that. Um, kind of. Kind of. Or did the Jets just give up? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, I read that, uh, was it Daniil Hunter Cause, I mean, even told the, the media that, that uh, their quarterback basically looked tired and cold and like he was ready to just be done. Yeah. You know, and well... If you if that's the way you're coming across, and that's probably the way you are, so right, you know you're not so, going to be trying that hard. So we don't have to. The Vikings really didn't have to try too hard. They they still played their play not to lose, and 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 they still scored points because of the Jets' mindset. Yeah, you have a bottle of Everclear in here. Yes, yes. I had to get that out of the house because that there you're holding is uh, about 25 years old. It looks like it. I wonder how, what the content is. Does that gain? Does Everclear gain? When was the last time you took a pull off of this? Um, I mean, I I'm not going to do it now. I'm, I'm not. just asking. <laughs> I bet I mean, you it's smoother. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't smell smoother. Gas. So you had a, you you took it out of the house because you were afraid your kids would drink it and yes. go blind from it. Not blind, it'd get them fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to be. You can't even sip on that stuff. It's so strong. I haven't seen a bottle ever clear in. Oh look, look! It's one ninety proof. Well, yeah, yeah. Can't buy that in Minnesota. Anymore. No, yeah. I bought it in Minnesota. Oh, you did. Back See, then. and even. You must be just, they must have changed in that few years, because, I mean, as long as I can remember, you can never buy it in Minnesota. But you're only, like, two years older than me, two or three years older, yeah. so. Yeah. But I I don't remember ever being able to buy it in Minnesota. We was Okay. You had to go to South Dakota for it. You remember Purple Passion, then? No. Oh, man. So it was, uh, Purple Passion was, you bought it in a, you know, a two-liter bottle, yeah. like pop, and, uh. It was uh, basically grape soda and Everclear mixed together. Oh, God, that sounds awful. Oh, it was delicious. Well, I bet it was, <laughs> but it also probably wrecked you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, shoot. So who won the, who won the picks last week? Um, well, Tim had nine games right. Uh, you had ten games right. Wow. Uh, I had 11, and Andy had 12. Jeez, Andy is just freaking a beast yeah. here lately. So I would think... He won last week, too, or two weeks ago, right? Yeah, he did. So on the total standings... Uh, not going to figure them up now because they're a mess. Yeah, that's okay. I was I was supposed to get them figured up this week, and I didn't. It was a long week. I had two 
12 plus hour days on Monday and Tuesday. I almost felt like a farmer. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. Still watering back both days. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was uh, one of them weeks, so. So, uh, speaking of your week, you went and saw who? Oh, so we went and saw the Foo Fighters last last Thursday, a week ago tonight, actually. And uh, well, I was sending you guys texts. We went yep. to, we were staying at the Intercontinental Hotel in St. Paul, which is basically the same hotel we stay at every time. It's part of the IHG hotel chain with Holiday Inn and... You know, it's in that group, so that's where we stay because that's where I get my points. And uh, we pulled up to the hotel, and Colton was with us because we were also doing, he wasn't going to the concert, but he was, we were doing college visits that weekend. Okay. And saw these tour buses outside of the hotel, and I made the joke, I'm like, oh, look, Foo Fighters are staying here at the hotel. And... You know, we were called kind of like, yeah, yeah, right, you know, because it's, there's far nicer hotels in St. Paul than the one we were staying. I mean, it's a decent place, but it's not, if I was a rock band with millions of dollars, I probably wouldn't be staying at the Intercontinental Hotel. <laughs> and realistically, I think I, even what I said, it was, I bet it's the opener. Gangs of Youth was the opening band. Okay. And uh, I have heard of them, wasn't familiar with any of their music, but... Like I bet, I bet that's who was staying here as the opener. And so we went in and and got settled into the room. Uh, Colton brought his PlayStation along, so he was setting that up. And so when it was early, so Chrissy and I went down the street to a brewery, and we were there for an hour. Had a couple beers. Uh, it was a Wabasha Brewing in Saint Paul. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Okay. So I had. The beer I had, I had a, they had a fresh hop okay. that was literally the true fresh hop. Hops were thrown in the beer less than 24 hours of being picked. Uh, Where'd they get their hops? Did they were ask? local. They were Minnesota hop. Did you ask? Uh, I didn't ask, but they did have it on there. Let me see if they have it on there. They had it on the menu. They did? Okay. Like where the hops were from. Was it Mighty Hops? Mm, I I don't. Or Mighty Axe Hops. I that sounds like it might be familiar, because I know Mighty Axe supplies a lot of fresh hops for a lot of breweries in in the Twin Cities. But uh, that was that was a very good beer. Um, I was going to, I was going to buy a. Uh, they didn't have any growlers, but they they sold in bomber bottles. Okay. But then I worried about. We were doing Duluth the next day and then Bemidji, and I thought, if it's going to sit in the car, you know, and stuff, I just, I didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. Um, then I also had a, they called it a, a, it was called a popper beer, a jalapeno popper beer. What? Yeah, it was a, here, West Side Popper. Okay. It is a um, smooth and creamy, medium body with a nice jalapeno flavor with just a bit of heat. Light blonde in color with a white head. It was, so I was kind of talking to the bartender about it. 
And I said, you know, I'm, I want to try that, but I'm not a huge fan of smoked beers. And she's like, she's like, you, she's like, I'm not either, but she says, I'd like this. The smokiness disappears quick. Okay. So I tried it and it was really good. Like Dang. it tasted like you, you took a sip and you got that smokiness at the front, but then it tasted like a, like a jalapeno popper. Like you got the jalapeno taste and it wasn't like so overwhelmingly burning that it, was uncomfortable. Yeah. It was just enough yep. that it was really good. And then I also had, and then the third beer I had there was the pump their pumpkin beer. Okay. And I'd never had a pumpkin beer before because it was always kind of something that kind of scared me off because I've had a few pumpkin. You know, beers. I just was ah, I don't know if I'm gonna like that. But what was nice about them is that they didn't necessarily do tasters, but they had you could do a pint, a half. A halfy, they called hazy, they called it, or a jimmy glass, which was basically about the size of what we're drinking here. Okay. Um, you know, so the first one I had that first dry hop, I had that in the pint, but then the other ones I had in the jimmy glasses. So you're basically getting about eight to ten ounces, I suppose. And okay, it was good. Chrissy had they had a mango IPA that she liked, and then they had another a red IPA called Red Desert IPA. That uh, she also really liked. I took a sip of that one, and it was pretty good, too. So, I mean, I don't think they bottle anything for distribution. I think you can only get it there, but... So it's a nano brewery, yeah, but whatever it, they but, call that. But it was it was good. Every beer I had there was good. It was really good stuff. Bartender was awesome, super polite, and nice, and friendly, and... and I'll have to uh, go check them out. Yeah. See, there's a lot of those little breweries like that that produce really, really good beers, and we uh, just can't get them on the shelf. We were initially looking, I was looking for one that, like, kids could go to, so Colton could go with us. Okay. We thought we'd go eat or whatever, and he's like, I don't want to eat, I'm not hungry. He's like, why don't you guys just go find a place? So, and we're like, okay. And they were the closest one. Okay. So, that's, that's, why, we, so that's why we went there, and it was, it was awesome. And I'm turning off, oh, great. Yeah, so then we... That'd be cool, to, I, I'm a, God, I gotta get up there, I'd like to try that jalapeno. Yeah. Well, it was it was it was surprisingly pretty awesome, um, and like I said, the, you could tell that they're they're in a neighborhood where they're kind of the local hangout for, um, you know, there was a couple, a couple guys that stereotypically you wouldn't see hanging out in a brewery. Okay, you'd see them in a bar. You know, you'd see yep. them and you know, you go to the Legion down here and see see that type of guy. You know, just your you know. That's a good thing to have. Sixty-five year old, you know. That's a good thing to have. And it was kind of like kind of surprising to see them in in a place where you normally see guys right. our age and younger. Yeah. You know, there was a table full of ladies in their sixties, in there drinking beer. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it was a different atmosphere, and uh, the bartender was awesome and super nice. And so, however, however, they're marketing themselves in that neighborhood. They're doing it. I right. think that's because they're getting all ages. I the kind of the neighborhood they were in. There wasn't a whole lot there. Um, seemed like a nice neighborhood. There was like a a restaurant down, like a block down. Um, so I think they're kind of the hangout for people that just want to go get a drink you can go another block down and then you're on a much busier street and uh 
you know, so I think that might be part of their allure. Yeah. They're they're on the side where there's more neighborhoods, you know, where it's walking distance for a lot of people without having to go down the next block. I don't even know what that next street was. It was a neighborhood of St. Paul that, A, I don't get into St. Paul very often. When I go to the cities, Same. I'm usually in Minneapolis. Same. Um, so it was a neighborhood in St. Paul I'd never really been to before, wasn't familiar with it. So I couldn't even tell you what street it was on. I couldn't even, we Ubered there. Um we were initially going to walk. We got down to the sidewalk, and I threw it into Google Maps, and all of a sudden, like, it's a 20-minute walk. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, it was like 0.8 miles, so I'm like, oh, it's only eight blocks. We can knock that out, but, like, the drive, we, yeah, we never would, like, we never would have found it. It was, like, across the river and down, and... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, okay. So, Okay. I think I mean I think it took us seven or eight minutes in the in the Uber. Oh geez. But so I think they messed that up. On, yeah. On walking distance. I there. I would say. So then anyway, so then we got an Uber back, and we there was a ton of people. Even when we left the first time, there was like probably twenty people, like just kind of hanging out in the corner by the hotel, and we were kind of like, I don't know. I saw them and noticed them, but didn't really think much of it. Thought maybe they were just trying to figure out where they were going or what they were doing. And uh, pretty soon, so we come back, and there's, like, a lot of people on the sidewalk with, like, signs and everything else. <laughs> and there's a tour bus parked, like, immediately in front. And even in my mind, I'm still thinking, like, this isn't, you know, this is the opening band. You know, they've got some fans. Right. Well, then all of a sudden, Chrissy, like, drops her purse, and it's like, Oh my God, that's Taylor Hawkins. <laughs> and for people listening, Taylor Hawkins is the drummer for the Foo Fighters. And there's like a security guard. So it's me, her, and then a security guard on the other side of her. Like, and not like bodyguard, but like security in a suit, earpiece. Yeah. And Chrissy, like, looks at him, and she's like, is this happening right now? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, let's calm down. And the security guard's just, like, stone-facing her. And so I'm like, well, we were going to get Colton and go eat. And so she called Colton, and she's like, come down to the lobby. We're going to go eat. Well, then they came down. Well, then she's like, she wanted to just wait, like, five minutes to see if they came out. Is that the picture then you snapped? Uh, in well, that was after a while. We ended up waiting like 45 minutes. That you sent us on the text? Yeah. For just standing there in the lobby? We ended up, so we were in waiting. the lobby and like everybody else. Is this else, the timeline now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Ever, we're waiting in the lobby. There's maybe like 10, 15 other people in the lobby. Um, and then like a ton of people outside. Okay. And... I was able to pick out, like, I'm like, okay, that guy's a bodyguard, and that guy's a bodyguard, you know. Yep. And then he had a couple other security guys that I think were just hired, like, the guy that was standing by us, I think, was hired by the hotel. I don't think that was, like, part of the Foo Fighters entourage or whatever. Whereas the other guys I kind of picked out, I'm like, yeah, they're here with, you know, they're they're the legit, like, uh, full-time bodyguards. And so... We're standing there, and, and, like, the big burly bodyguard walks by, and you know how, you, like, you can just look at somebody and get that vibe. It's like, yep, he's the bodyguard, and he's probably ex-military mm-hmm. of some sort. You know, not, break your arm. not super in shape. He actually, now that I think about it, looked like 
from the Roots, the drummer from the Roots. Um, why am I drawing a blank on that? Oh, can't help you out there. But I'm just wondering on how much your our, our recordings. Oh, Quest Love picking up you doing this all the time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not used to recording into a phone. Um, that's all right. We said it was going to be poor audio tonight. Right, right. So anyway, so then, so I he, just noticed that. So, so I had the security to give you guard shit. is walking by us, and he's wearing like. He's wearing the patent leather Jordans. Okay. And the reason I can tell you that is because Chrissy complimented his shoes. <laughs> so I like looked. I'm like, so he he kind of was like thanks and kept walking. I'm like Chrissy, complimenting his shoes isn't gonna like butter him up to you to where he'll be like, Dave, come meet this gal. <laughs> And so, when it, with stuff like that and rock stars, isn't it kind of like I'll suck your dick or something like that? Then uh, <laughs> she so then so then like five minutes later, that same security guard came up and he's like, "Hey, folks, just to let you know, we don't do autographs or photos in the hotel okay. or in the lobby. You know, if you want to try and do that, you got to go out on the street, you know, to the sidewalk. He'll sign a few out there. Okay, like all right, you know, that's fine. We're you know, just hanging out, you know, and then, so then he left and he was kind of, then he came and he walked, uh, Pat and Chris Jifflett and Nate out, like, yep. all separately, one at a time, walked him out to the bus, and then, while that was going on, then... The other security guard, the one like in the suit and stuff, came up and he's like, I don't know, you know, he's like, I don't want to like jump to any conclusions or assumptions, but you guys might have better luck if you go outside. Oh. <laughs> and. That was nice of him. Right. And that's what I told Chrissy. I'm like, initially, like, my first reaction to that was him telling us to like you need to get out of here you know so i was like well we're guests here we're staying here at the hotel you know and then i told chrissy like after he walked away and i thought about it well that was him saying like you're a fan you're if you want to meet him you want to get a yeah if you want to get an autograph or something you're gonna have to go outside and you gotta remember they're entertainment and they want their fans and to have a good experience right so him dropping that little hint. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was legit. Yep. Yeah, so then he so then Dave walked through the lobby. Uh he looked like Atlantis Morissette with a beard. <laughs> I've always I've always good I've, description. But I've always said that about Dave. You know, I mean he had the hair back and a ponytail. He had the the glasses on and Yeah. And you know. And he walked out and he did sign a few autographs for the people out on the sidewalk and stuff. Uh, walked probably 15 feet from us, walked by. Okay. And uh, and that was it. And it's like, okay, now we can go eat. Yeah. Well, then trying to go find a bite to eat an hour before the concert, you yeah. know, within a half mile of the X was a little difficult. So, 
Sounds, yeah, yeah. yeah sounds but, about right. So we did yeah. that, and then got Colton back to the room, and then, and then we went to the show. Um, this is the third time we've seen them, and this was hands down the best show we've seen them do. It was really, and I think part of it was it was the last night of the tour. Oh, and so they're not just going through the motions. Right. They're like. Last show, boys. I'm a set list guy. Like, I'll look at the set yep. list ahead of time. And for, like, the last ten shows on the tour, they had done the exact same set list. So I I kind of had an idea of how the show was going to go. Well, then all of a sudden they were, you know, breaking from the set list, uh, going out of order, doing different things. Um the one thing, and you see, you've probably seen on line and on face or Twitter, you're not on Facebook, but maybe on Twitter. Uh, on this tour, they've been doing a lot of the bringing the fans on stage. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's on Twitter. Yeah. Like a week or two ago, they brought a kid up on stage in Kansas City yep. that played Metallica. And then Dave, they tried to sing Enter Sandman, and Dave didn't know the words. <laughs> Messed him up brutally. But this time, so this show, um, and this is the first time, so I think, I think when we saw them like three years ago in Minneapolis, I think they brought somebody on stage a little bit, but like just some guy out of the crowd and talked to him or something. That was on the Broken Leg Tour. Okay. And, uh, but this time, so they were in the, it was early, first, second song of the night, and... All of a sudden, Dave's like, do you need to get that kid a seat? And you could see in the front row there was a dad, uh, you know, probably about our age, late 30s, early 40s, and he had this kid that was seven, six, seven, eight years old in that range, okay. headphones on, and the, and the dad's standing in the front row holding the kid. And... Dave's like, get them a seat. Bring them up here. They can sit beside the stage. What? So the security went and got them and brought them up over the rail and brought them around the side. The The kid and his both his parents brought them up on stage, and they sat on the edge of the stage for, like, the rest of that set for, like, four more songs. Fans and, for life. And then they took them down, and then they, like, sat. They sat down, like, beside the stage the rest of the night. Dang. And uh, the the kid was like blind, and so there was a there was a story about it. Then like the the somebody there was a review of the concert or whatever, a Star Trip or whatever, and then like the mom commented on the post basically saying that her son is loves concerts because uh, I think you know you know who people are they made the, what are you taking a kid that small to a concert like that for yeah. You know, the kid had giant headphones, earmuffs on. Right. You know, they did. It's not like... And they said he, he's blind, he's autistic, and he loves going to concerts. So they took him. And, I mean, that kid, you could see when he was sitting there on the side of that stage, you basically had him sitting on the monitors on the side of the stage. Really? And okay. that kid was just, like, rocking, like, both our hands pumping, double fist pumping, and just going at it. And then Dave brought his guitar over during one of the songs and held it up. And, like, the kid was strumming the guitar and stuff. It was 
cool. It was a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. So cool. Um, and then other than that, I mean, some of the state, you know, we saw them on this same tour earlier, um, like a year ago in Sioux Falls. Um, a lot of the same, like word for word bits leading up to songs and stuff, you know, but it's like, it's just the way it is, you know, when Mm -hmm. they're, you know, how many people go to multiple shows on the same tour so they can usually get away with that, you know? Right. Um, but it it was, it was good. It was good. They ended up closing with, uh, like this whole tour they'd been doing ever long on the, on, on the encore. Yes. And they actually closed the main show with that. But then they came out and did uh, Tom Petty, a cover of Breakdown oh. on the encore. And then they did uh, Best of You. And then some other you know, old punk song that was like okay. a Pat Smear special, probably from when he was with the Germs. Okay. So, uh, sitting in uh, Combine a lot this week. I I was uh, listening to a radio station that plays a lot of '90s music, uh-huh. and geez, every freaking Foo Fighters song that they played, and they played you know three, four of them a day. It's like every one of them are just a great song, and mm-hmm. I just start singing along to them. You know that's Foo Fighters. Yeah. That's why everyone knows the Foo Fighters. That's why they're still who they're... they are to the today. You know, I mean, who would have thought Foo Fighters would be this popular back in the 90s? Well, and even Dave Grohl has said that the reason, you know, he named the band the Foo Fighters because he thought it was a stupid name, (laughs) and he didn't think the band, you know, when he made that first mixtape or whatever, that one that he recorded by himself, he's like, if I had known that, if I had known that we were going to turn into a 25-year deal, (laughs) I wouldn't have picked such a stupid fucking name, he says. But it's still a good yeah, name. Yeah, so um, he he basically said, you know, announced that they're not breaking up because that's always kind of the rumor. Yeah. Every time they finish up a tour, it's like, oh, the Foo Fighters going to break up, you know, because Shiflet's got side projects. Uh, Taylor's right. got side projects. Dave is always fiddling around with stuff on the side. Solo when when stuff. you're a band for that many years, you're, you you're going to have that. Yeah. You know, you always have side projects. And, and he basically does. said, he's like, if we broke up now, it'd be like your grandparents getting divorced. Right. He's right. like, you know, we're going to take a break. We're going to, you know. He's going to come back with something awesome. That's what he again. said. He said, we're going to we're gonna work on another record and we're going to tour again because we love touring and, and you know, love being together and hanging out. And so it'll be interesting to see if that's, you know, three years or five years or, I mean, Smear is 60. Is he already? 59, I think. Jeez. And Dave's going to be 50. Right. We were just talking about that, that yeah. couple couple times Well, ago. that's right. We had to Google it because I said, yeah. But but he actually said, like, in an interview that I read that he's like, I'm going to be 50 in January. He's like, it's time for, you know, take a little bit of a break. You know, they yeah. were touring for the last year and a half, so. And he's got a family and stuff right. and drives a minivan. I mean. Yeah. And we had we had good ticket or good seats. We had a nice view, so it was a good show. Cool. And then we were up bright and early for the drive to Duluth. And then, oh, it was Duluth this time of the year. It was nice. Okay. I mean, the drive the drive from the cities to Duluth was the colors. The colors were 
you know, pretty prime. Okay. Um, at least right north of the cities. By the time we got further up there, everything was past peak, you know, colors-wise already. Okay. Um, Duluth was busy but, because it's MEA weekend, and they're always busy oh, MEA weekend. Oh, okay, okay. And, I mean, we went to, <coughs> we did the tourist <coughs> thing and went to Grandma's okay. restaurant, <coughs> and it was a 45-minute wait. <coughs> Are you dying over there? Yeah. <laughs> 45-minute wait, you know, so, I mean, it was, the, the town was busy. We went to the college and did the tour there. Um, what do you think of their college up there? It's a nice campus. <coughs> um, <coughs> they got 11,000 students. Okay. So, it's big. Uh, you know, not as big as, like, Minneapolis would be, but it was, it was big. Um, they definitely sell the town and sell the lake and the views and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, every, every dorm building has a view of the lake. You know, they, they definitely push that. They were definitely doing sales pitch on it, which is their job. You know, I mean, that's what we're there for. Well, you got to market yourself to the students coming up and say, yeah. Hey, Hey, every room, every room's got this awesome view. Yeah. That's selling point. So we went to, and then we went to Bemidji the next day. Okay. And Colton said that was his favorite campus was Bemidji, you know, but they're right on a lake too. They're on you know so it was it was a good trip and then we did the senior pictures and on saturday afternoon and holy smokes that was busy busy busy, busy weekend yeah. yeah well chrissy's brother is a is a photographer okay. so he lives in bemidji so we stayed at their house and then did the photos and i put in Got a it. put in a pressure tank for him so <laughs> that was an adventure <laughs> Stop at stop at the uh, family's uh, place and and you get put to work. Well, that was uh, we were gonna pay him for the photo for the senior pictures, and he called like two or three weeks ahead. I was like, wondering if we would do an exchange if I would put the pressure tank in. If he, God bless Bobby, but he's not like a very handy. So that's funny. So I'm like, yeah, we can do that. So, but I I feel it was an unfair exchange. So I'll probably probably still have to. I told him that we're still gonna pay him something, right. just because I'm like, this is your like. I mean, it's not his full time job. He works for the forestry service. But I'm like, you do this to make money. So, and you're gonna put more work into these senior pictures by the time you do the editing and stuff than what fair I'm putting fair. into this. Right. You know, put it. You know, spending three hours putting in this pressure tank. Yeah. You know, so he lives on a farm. Um, he or he lives in the outskirts. He's technically where, where tec- well, yeah, yeah. He's technically in the city limits, but he's got a well. Yeah, yeah, okay. yep. And it's a uh, it's an above ground well. Above ground well. The well is. In the basement, above ground. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Or, or sorry, pump. Sorry. Got it. Got above it. Above ground pump, not above okay. ground well. That don't that don't make any sense. <laughs> That's why I'm like. It's what? an above ground pump, above ground shallow well pump. Okay. And okay. I had I installed jet pressure pump. tanks before jet pump. Yep. yep. I had installed pressure tanks before, like when I worked for Christensen Farms, but never on something like that. So it was a little bit of googling to get things right. Or YouTube. YouTube is your friend when fixing YouTube, shit. Yep. There's so many things I'm like, oh man, I need this fix. And it's like, yeah. 
Go on YouTube, that'll make me smart. It does. No, nope, let's finish this one off so we can do the next one. And uh, so we got it all hooked up. And so we he went from like a one-gallon tank to a 20-gallon tank. Ooh. Okay, so you, then you had to... Uh... Well, he had had an interesting setup. He had had the one-gallon tank with like a four-gallon tank below it. So there okay. was actually two tanks at one yeah. point. And that was a setup the way the house was when he bought it. Uh, and then that lower tank, like, went to shit. They had a, it busted, and they had water all over. and So they capped that off and had just a smaller tank. So then we went to put in this bigger one, and we got it all installed. We ran PVC, and, and because that new tank was bigger, we had to kind of set it off to the side as opposed to, like, on top, directly on top of the pump, the way the old one was. And then we sat there messing with it for... Two hours, uh, couldn't figure out why the tank wouldn't fill. Because you had to switch, uh, adjust your, uh, uh, what the hell do they call that? The pressure switch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I had done that, but the knot head, and it was just a simple mistake in my mind. So they, the instruction said to set the top end at 40 mm. and the low end at 20. And the pressure tank came preset at 38. So I'm like, okay, it's at two below. Well, I was thinking it should have been it should have been two below the uh, the low end as opposed to at the high end. Ah. So there was more pressure in the tank than what the tank than what the pump was putting out. So it was just shut. It was kicking on. The water wasn't going anywhere because there was more pressure pushing back from the tank. Right. So then by the time I had, I had actually let pressure out of the tank itself too, dropped okay. the pressure in that, and then it filled, and we're good to go. <laughs> oh, the joys. Yep. I'm glad it wasn't my own. Yeah. What's this next beer? This is, we each get our own now. Yeah. Big time in it. This is... Chrissy actually picked this out because if you were going to be farming tonight, yeah, Chrissy and I were going to do a, we were going to call it the wife cast. <laughs> Chrissy and I, he's coming on for a little bit. This would get some content up and cover the picks and and whatnot. <clears throat> so we picked this up in New Alm last night. Uh, this is from Bad Weather Brewing. It is Hop Chromancer. It's uh, IPA. Says pairs well with cool summer nights, warm late autumn days, winter barbecues, rainy spring mornings. Um, it is from Bad Weather Brewing in St. Paul. Beer for any season, fresh beer, keep cold. Uh, this is really fresh. It was brewed less than a month ago, 9-27-18. And uh, I tell you what, the first damn sip pairs well with everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good color to it. Yeah, it does. That's a that's a good IPA. That's a pretty good IPA. I mean, just for standard IPA, right? Nothing. I mean, nothing. Nothing fancy about it. Nothing. You know, it's not hazy. It's not. 
Mil- it's not a milkshake. It's just a straight IPA, but... I wonder what type of hops they uh, use to make this. Oh, let's let's see what Untapped it's, has it's to a, say. It's a... They definitely use the right hops. I mean, it takes more than just hops, but uh, it's here's, a big part of the taste. Here's what they're... IP or uh, untapped. Do you know of the bitter force that lay hidden in the pages of Hop Hoprocomans? I can't even say that word. Hoprocomacan. <laughs> Fewer still know. can read its cryptic and citrusy recipes. Those who can are driven mad by alpha acids, for it was written by those who live in the shadows of our fermenters. They wait in slumber for their time to return and consume the world. They wish to return to us the black beyond, the pale ale. Mm. I have a lot of friends that have had this beer already. On, it's good. It's very good. It's rated pretty damn good on on uh, Untapped. 3.85 is ab. And I'm right up there for it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, for an IPA, I'm going. I'm going 3.50. Oh. I went 3.75. All right. And that's good. I mean, three. Uh, for IPA, standard IPA, for me to rate as a 3.5 is explaining my my rating. I'm not saying it's bad. Well, I think sometimes we have to remind listeners that we rank on a scale of 5, not a scale of 10. Right. Because if we were doing a scale of 10, that'd be pretty poor. <laughs> They'd all be These horrible. These guys hate beer. How come they're always yeah. ranking them so low? Why don't they just review soda? <laughs> I did get some when we were in Duluth when we went to Grandma's. Uh, they did have the Surly Wet on tap. Oh yeah, you, yeah, you're seeing that. it was really good. How yeah. was it on tap? It was really good. I bet because you know in the keg it actually it lasts longer. Yep, for sure. It, yeah, it was it because uh, even well we talked about this. If you buy a four pack, if you don't drink them all the same day, you're gonna get a different flavor the next day, and then the next day out of them because it's it's yes. such a tepid beer to yes but it was it was very good i was in at clay's uh today and they had another four pack of wet there and (laughs) when the kids were home this weekend my older kids i'm like oh you guys i'll go into clay's and get some wet or hopefully he has some and i bought the last one and and i went in there i'm like you have any more in the back room because i I wanted yeah. to bring an eight pack home, you know, for him, mm-hmm. so we can all enjoy it. He's like, "No, no, we won't get any more of that in." Well, fuck. <laughs> Either they found one that fell behind the counter or something, or or <laughs> what. But when I saw that, I'm like, "Yeah, they won't get that in anymore." Oh well. I sometimes wonder about the. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think because the people that don't work there don't drink, 
the craft beers. Yeah. They aren't they always... They don't notice it. Right. Yeah. You know, they don't yeah. know one beer from the next on some of them. You know, they probably know which ones are selling really good. But, you know, as far as what's seasonal, you know, they take whatever their distributor's bringing them. What sells really good is you walk in there, and it's the biggest fucking display. Yeah. That's what sells the best. Oh, it's... And it's always, like what we talked in the past, it's always the Bush Lattes, the Coors Light, the Miller Light. Yeah. Budweiser or the Bud Light. Yeah. There's cases and cases and cases of that stuff. That's what you don't you... order cases and cases of that in if it doesn't sell. Right. You know? But I, I would honestly think that's going to be true to any liquor store. I mean, there's still more of that stuff sold than... Yeah. You know, we talked about this last week. I run into the problem where I, I there's not many beers that I buy a second time. Yeah. Because I'm always... I'm really to the point with my beer fridge. I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Because I got a lot of beer in there. <laughs> and, I mean, it's all good beer. Well, my problem is that I stop in the liquor store and I'm like, oh, I haven't had this. I need to try this. So right. then I buy that and, you know, I mean. You have one or a couple and then the rest of it sits there. Yeah, and it's not that they're bad. It's just I always want to be trying other things. I want to try new yeah. things. And, and that's when it comes to going to a very good uh, liquor store that you can build your own six pack. Yeah. You know, and yes, they do that here at Clay's, I guess. Didn't know that. But let's say go to a liquor store that has a couple hundred craft beers sitting there. And you can build your own. That'd right. be awesome. Right. Well, Total Wine does that in the cities. There's a few different locations. Mm-hmm. And they've got two or three hundred beers that you can use to the build your own six-pack. Right. And... But that would be the per- perfect for you. Then you're not buying a four-pack or a six-pack. You can just yeah. say, hey, I want to try this one and this one and this one and I mean, this one. I've still got beer in my fridge that I've got a couple that were sent to me from North Carolina like a year ago. Uh-huh. I've got I got beer that we brought back from New Orleans yet. Um, well, speaking of Carolina, not to switch the subject, yeah. but isn't that where the big winner was it one of the Carolinas? South for, Carolina, the big for, Powerball winner. Yeah. Yeah, 1.6 or just shy of 1.6 billion. And then, well, and even the Powerball is going to be over 700 million now that no yep. one won it last night. I actually had a ticket for that one by mistake. Uh, <laughs> How do you get that by a mistake? Well, so I thought the drawings were on Saturdays and Wednesdays or Sundays and Wednesdays. So Sunday morning, I bought a ticket thinking that the drawing was that night, but the drawing had been the night before, and the ticket that I bought on Sunday was for was for Wednesday night. So, okay. But I still didn't win. I so, didn't win. No, nah, and I didn't. So I was ready to build that brand new podcast studio if right? I won, but no such luck. No such luck. You imagine, I mean, winning all that. I mean, I know you asked me uh, last week, what would you spend it on? I don't. And like what I said, I don't have a specific thing to spend it on. Right. But it really sparked my thinking on what I would do if I would win the lottery. And it's like, yeah, 
me, my family, and friends are just going to go on one big travel road trip. Yeah. And it's going to be nothing but one big party. One big experience. I don't need material things. Just have an experience. That's kind of the way we feel, too. Like, even now, it's, you know, we could buy a different house now, but, you know, we'd take the kids on trips and we go on trips ourselves because we'd rather, you know, we have, our house that we have is, is, is sufficient for us. It does the job. It's nice enough for us. And and we've talked about it. You know, we could make a bigger house payment and buy a new house, but you know, we'd rather put that money aside and be able to go yes. on on you know one or two vacations a year. Um, but you know, with that being said, so we were talking about if we'd have won this Powerball, you know, most people would be like, "Well, I'm going to go build a brand new mansion or whatever." Yeah, yeah. And we were like, "Well." Regardless, we would only stay in Springfield or in the Springfield area here for like five more years until Joe graduates. And then we plan on, you know, moving somewhere else anyway. Yeah. So why would we spend, you know, we're, if I, if I would all of a sudden build a house for three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars in Springfield, which would be modest by yes. winning $1.6 billion, but it'd still be a hell of a house. Yep. In Springfield, well, in five years, you're never going to sell that son of a nope. bitch. So I told her, I said, we'd be better off, you know, buying a house in Springfield, fixing it up to how we want it, and at least then you have a chance of selling it in five years. So, yeah, so that was my plan. If I won $1.6 billion, I was going to buy a house in Springfield. And that was more for convenience of where the kids go to school. Wouldn't it be funny if someone, like... Won that or had that much money, they built this huge fucking house on the west side of Springfield. So when the sun starts going down, the shadow of the house like overtakes the entire town. <laughs> well, because I said something to my wife about buying Dr. Dami's house because it's still sitting for sale. Yeah. You know, they want like what, $400,000 for that thing? Yeah. Or more. Something I think, like that. I think it was, it's like it was ungodly high. I think it's three ninety five or something like that. Okay. And have you seen the pictures of the inside of it? No. I mean, it, it's a it's a different taste. Okay. You know, I mean, your average your average Minnesota housewife is going to want to make some changes to that house. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the way the way it is. You know, I mean, their culture, Dami's culture, and the way he lived was, uh-huh. you know, atypical for Minnesota. So. Yep. You're going to spend $400,000 on that house, and then you're going to need to put $10,000 or more into changes of it right away. So, not exactly a... That's what I... Because once upon a time, we were thinking of moving into town. And, uh... God, we look at these houses in town, it's like... They want this much, and and (laughs) I got to spend like $40,000, $50,000 so it looks up to date. To, to our taste. Yeah. It's like, wh- why? And, that, and then we decided, you know, we'll just you yep. know, add on and remod our house on the farm. But it was it was crazy what they, what some people ask for in this area. Oh, and, for and, sure. And you open up the door and it's like from 1970s or 80s. It's I look like at, weird. I look at Zillow and Realtor.com at houses in Springfield 
pretty regular, like at least probably two times a week, trying okay. to catch new stuff that comes on. And, you know, and we've been doing this for two years, and we kind of see the ebb and the flow of the market in Springfield. But, I mean, what some people are asking for their houses is just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like, I'll have what he's having. You know, if you're... If, fucking high. Some, what some of these people are pricing for their houses would be appropriate. Hell, even if that house was in New Orleans or Mankato. But, you know, some people just... And I don't know if... It's hard to say if the realtor is setting those expectations that high. Oh, for sure. Or yeah. or is the realtor telling them, you you should probably enlist this house for 175 and and the homeowner's like... We want to sell it for two hundred thousand. Yeah, and the realtor is like, "Well, okay, you know, I know it's not going to sell there." I mean, there's houses on there, damn nice houses that have been sitting for sale for. There's one we've been keeping our eye on that's been on Zillow for over a hundred days now, two hundred days now, because it's overpriced. If you know, if the price would wow. go down by twenty thousand dollars, we'd probably seriously consider it. But it's just it's priced way too high. Wow. And then there's another I, one that is priced twenty thousand dollars lower, but it needs fifteen to twenty thousand dollars worth of work. Yeah. Before you can move in. And and here's the thing about prices. The the owner of the house selling the house doesn't make, you know, seven percent commission. Right. So whatever I see a high price I in my mind. Yeah. It's like overpriced. Yeah. It's not the owner. It's 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 someone wants, you know I, wants a wants a payday. I I believe that as well, but I <clears throat> but I sometimes think that it can be That's just my opinion. I don't yeah. know if that's what it actually is. I, I would think that it's probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. I would think that there's gotta be instances where an unrealistic homeowner you know, but as you as the realtor if you argue with them, you're just going to lose the listing. All right. So you're like, okay, you know, fine. That's true. That's true. Fine. You want to pay me realtor fees for the next six months while your house is listed and not selling? Okay. Yeah. You're pricing it $20,000 too high. I mean, like Dami's house. You know, $400,000 for a house in Springfield? Yeah. Out of the market. Right. There's like... Maybe one percent of people that live in Springfield that can afford that. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Should we Maybe. call Andy and see if we can put some picks in? Yeah. Let's give him a call. Let's see here. What week are we on? Tim's got all this nicely kind of organized yeah. in here. Or not. That's death pool picks. Man, I um, thought... Is it on this one? No, that's last week's. Oh, man, Uh-oh. Tim. Poor planning on Tim's part. Uh-oh. We gotta make up a whole new one? I'll have to make it up quick. I'll make it up as we go. Shoot. Yeah, sure. Put this back up. All right, we're back from our break. Whew. One hell of a break, too. Let's see if... uh. Andy will answer his phone. See if he wants to submit some pics. If he answers his phone, yeah. He'll answer. 
answer the phone like is the text. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I texted him like three times for picks today, and he was like texting about other stuff, but never responded with his picks. <laughs> Maybe this is what he wanted. A call in. I don't know. Hey, Andy. I don't Hello? King Arla. Do you get the right number? Know. Is this Andy? King Arla, Joel. I don't think this is Andy. Thank you. Hmm. That's strange because I talk to Andy on a pretty regular basis via text, so I don't know who answered his phone. Did someone steal his phone? <laughs> um, that's weird. Um, yeah, when's the last time he actually sent a text? Speaking of that. It's been a while. I'm sorry, the person you are trying to reach has a voicemail box that has not been set up yet. Are you dialing the right number? I am calling directly from... Sorry, the person you are trying to reach has a voicemail box that has not been He texted me, what Please up? Try your- <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, need your picks. Are you potting? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, fuck. So... Well, we can start without him and see if he decides to call. Yeah. Uh, the first game is Dolphins at Texans. Um. Let's go with Texans. Oh, now he's texting me. <laughs> That's tonight, right? Oh, is that the Thursday night game? <laughs> he's. Texting me pick his picks on text by individual text. Oh, nice. So we'll All catch right. him up. So Dolphins at Texans. That game is going on now. I will share with you that uh, the, Dol- the Texans were up 14 to 10 oh, okay. when I made this list. Okay. All right. Yeah. Give me the Texans. I think we'll all take the Texans since they were winning. Now the Dolphins will probably end up coming back to win. Yeah, but, you know, the, I, I think Dolphins are one of those teams that, that start starts off strong and, and is going to kind of... I want to know why the weird Asian lady answered his phone the first time. Because it was the same number I looked. (laughs) And that definitely wasn't Andy messing with us. I would tell that. (laughs) Okay. So, unless he's at, like, Hi Hi, the Vietnamese restaurant or something. Uh, Eagles at Jaguars. Oh, boy. Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles as well. Broncos at Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. It's kind of... Andy took the Chiefs as well. Uh, Broncos at Steelers. Uh, Broncos? The Browns at the Steelers. Oh, yeah, Browns at the Steelers. Sorry. 
can't read my own writing. I am going... What are you going to go? I'm going to take the Steelers. Just because they're the home team in this instance. Andy took the Steelers as well. I'm going to go Dogs. I'll be the, the odd man out All there. Right. Uh, Redskins at the Giants. Oh, Redskins. Yep. Giants are awful. Oh, God, they're horrible. They're, they're just... They got a clean house. Uh, Seahawks at the Lions. I'm going to take the Lions on that one. Yeah, same here. I got a good vibe coming from Buccaneers the Buccaneers at Bengals. Oh, Bengals. The, the Bucks started off so hot with Fitzpatrick, yeah. and then they've just kind of fallen apart. They're... In, Another one of those teams that starts off strong and then they end up sucking at the, at the end of the year. Uh, Jets at Bears. I'm going to take the Bears. Duh, Bears. Andy and Tim took the Bears as well. Sweep. Uh, Ravens at Panthers. Andy took the Panthers. Tim took the Ravens. Um, I'm going to take the Panthers. Where's it at? Uh, at Panthers. Yeah, Panthers. Colts at the Raiders. Colts. Andy and Tim took the Colts. You're taking the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts. Raiders are awful. Yes. Uh, 49ers at the Cardinals. <laughs> they both took the Niners. I'm going to take the Niners. Um, they both suck. I'm going to go odd. You're playing the odds to try and yep. you're either shooting yourself in the foot yep. or you're going to catch up. <laughs> Packers at the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams. Oh, Rams. Andy took the Rams, and you're taking the Rams. Yeah. And Patriots at the Bills. Pats. Everyone taking the Patriots. Patriots. So I got a couple odds. And then there. the final game we have is the Saints at the Vikings. Tim took the Vikings. Andy, it's a home game? Andy took the Saints. It's a home game? It is. Saints or Vikings at home. Fuck. I'm taking Saints. I'll go Vikes. <laughs> I kind of went against the grain on a few uh, few games. Uh, we had a lot of games where we all picked the same, too. Oh, boy, did we ever. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. We all picked the same. So my odd man out on a few of those games, I could really kick your guys' asses. <laughs> well, let's see. There's one. There's two games where you picked or. The three of us picked the same, and you picked different. And let's see. There's a strong outside, very slim chance of that happening. There's no games that I picked where I was the only one that picked that team. I kind of thought I would be the only one to pick the Saints, but Andy took them as well, so... So there's two Vikes and two... Two Vikings and two Saints... 
That's going to be a close game. I think so, but I think I think it'll be the Saints. I just don't think, man. Unless, I mean, the injuries we have. Yeah, but we got uh, uh, Griffin back. If he plays, that that makes our that makes our defense even better. Yeah, and our defense is is jiving. I'd be yes. curious to see if he actually plays or if he's. I mean, he's returned to team activities. Yeah, but what kind of shape is he in after sitting out for three, four weeks, five yeah. weeks? And we got uh, uh, Xavier Rhodes. He's got a slight sprained ankle or whatever. Yeah, but he's still practicing. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if Sandejo will be back. What do you think of these Patrick Peterson trade rumors? Yeah. Oh. The rumor that I heard was a first, a third, and Trey Waynes for Patrick <laughs> Peterson. That's a lot. Yes. But I think it'd be worth it. I don't think it's worth it. It's defense. Mm, if we have Rhodes on one side, Peterson on the other, I would say, and then Harrison Smith in the middle. I would say Trey in, in a third for him. Yeah, that's legit. The thing is, is we're going to likely lose Trey Waynes at the end of the year anyway. Really? I don't think they're going to pick up his option for next year. Okay. Or. I think he's Well, right. if they do, I think I think you need to include Trey Waynes for the, for the, to make the salary cap work. Oh, okay, okay. But the cap goes up every year, too. Right, but I think as far as for having cap year? this room, we'd have to. And because of what Peterson is owed next year, we'd have to let you'd have to include you have to let Got Wayne's it. go. So you might as well trade him away now. I mean, I I agree. That's a lot to give up. Who else is in the running for for him? Well, they had said the Saints were, but they got Eli Apple from yep. the Giants, and I guess I really I heard the Eagles. You were, know, were the Lions involved? I didn't hear the. I just heard the Vikings, the Saints, and the okay. Eagles. Okay. So, I would. I mean, why not? Why not go out? Even if we got to overpay for them, for what that would do to solidify the back oh, half geez. of our defense, it would be. It would be. He's under contract through like twenty twenty, so for three more seasons or two more seasons, three including this one, you would have. No one would be able to pass against us. And and you got the right coach. I mean, Zimmer loves his cornerbacks. Right. So it could happen. I mean, there could be a lot of influence. We got uh, five days to the trade deadline. The 30th okay. is the trade deadline. Okay. So I'd be curious to see if they pull something off between now and then. If it would happen, that would be really cool, but at what expense? Right. I don't know. That's a lot, I feel. I mean, it's, he's a defensive player. It's not like it's a fucking quarterback. See, where, and, and I had actually can, thought of... you said a first round? A first, a third, yeah. and then Trey Waynes. I just don't see a first for a defensive player. But then you got to think if the market was set now when they trade when the Cowboys traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper, yeah, offense. In but immediate, NFL is more offense orientated. But Patrick Peterson defense. is also arguably the best at his position in the NFL. Yes, whereas Amari Cooper is a mediocre at best wide receiver. That's true. That's true. 
I mean, I would I would be willing to say that if we had Patrick Peterson and Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes on the oh same my team, gosh. we'd have the two best yeah. DBs in the NFL. Yeah. I mean. For sure. And they should just, Peterson should be just like, yeah, uh, make it happen, you know, no matter what, just to get out of there. And they take less. Yeah. And, and we get them. And that, and that might be too. Know. Maybe, you know, I mean, that's all obviously rumors, people saying, yeah. how can you make it work? Right. And I think, you know, maybe a third and 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 Trey Waynes would be enough to get it done. I think it would be. I mean, you got to remember, it's a de- defensive player, which they don't get the big bucks like the offensive side. I mean, because it... Realistically, if the Vikings keep, and I on could their, be wrong on that. That's just what I kind of feel. Because if you think about it, the way the Vikings are are set now, and if even if they if they make this, go ahead. If they make this trade, and even the way they're pacing now, they're going to end up being that first round pick is going to be uh, in the back half of the draft of the second round. You're talking a, you know, uh, probably twenty through thirty pick. Uh, probably more like twenty four through thirty two somewhere in, or twenty four through thirty somewhere in there. So it's a late first round dra- first round pick, a third late third round pick, and Trey Wayne's. You know, it's not like you're trading a, a top five pick, right? And like I said, I agree. It's you're overpaying for him, but sometimes you have to overpay. I'll overpay for a good player. I won't overpay for a bad player. But didn't we overpay for? Uh... What was his name? Uh, running back. Oh, Herschel? I know his name. I wanted you to... Never heard of him. <laughs> Never heard of him. All right. One more beer, then we'll call this a night. Yep. Talk. What do you think about uh, the news that came out today? About the Rockets offering four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler. Supposedly that trade offer is on the table. What? I didn't hear anything about yeah, this. That came out you late. You take that. You take that in a heartbeat. What the hell? The then only... We then, we, then we fire uh, Tibbs, and then we get back to building a good, young team and hiring a manager that can coach them. The problem is, is that our... Right? Is, is it, wouldn't that be the path? But like last night, Butler took himself out of the game. <laughs> He's the okay. I, so I am that's... I am to the point where I think that Butler's complaints about the rest of the team are totally warranted. Yeah. Did he go about it the right way? Probably not. But to prove a point. But if his but if his. What he claimed in that ESPN interview was that he told Tibbs like five days after the season ended last year that he wanted to be traded. And Tibbs refused to do it. It didn't go public because Tibbs, in his mind, thought he could work it out. Okay. We're going to work this out. You're going to be fine. We're going to stay, and we're going to fix this. Yep. If that's the case, I don't have the same feelings towards Butler as I would if he just came out five days before the season started or before training camp started and said, I want to be traded. 
to me, the the cause of all this is Tibbs. Yeah. And he's got to be gone. Yeah, he's got a goal. That being he, he said, he should have been gone before. If the Rockets are offering four first round picks, jeez, you better yeah, be yeah. calling them back. The only downside is, and I wish Andy was here because Andy is a yeah. better NFL or uh, NBA mind than you or I. It's my understanding that you cannot trade consecutive first round picks. So if we got first-round picks for Butler, it would have to be 2019, 2021, 2023, 2025. I got it. They would have to be spaced out over eight years. They, have, they can't be back-to-back-to-back years. Got it. So if that's the case, that doesn't sound as good as it. I mean, you're getting that fourth pick seven years from now. Right. And <laughs> how good of a pick is, is it going to be? And that's just it. When it's the Rockets, at least you probably know the next two, the first two picks of those that draft of those picks are going to be back half of the draft or back right. half of the round. Right. And we know in the NBA, anything outside of the lottery is anything outside of the top ten is a yeah is a crapshoot. Yep. So maybe not so so great. But it is an offer. I'm actually at the point where I would we I trade Wiggins. I don't know. Talk to talk to Butler and see if he'd be willing to stay if we traded Wiggins away. So So you think Wiggins is the bad apple? Well, I think it's both of I think it's Wiggins and Cat are both quote unquote soft. Yeah, but do you think if Wiggins was gone, Cat would bring his game up? I think if you get, I wonder if you get rid of one of them, if it would entice and replace them with somebody who is got a little more balls to him. If it would uh-huh. entice Butler, I mean, but the but the point is, I don't. I, regardless, I don't see Butler staying after this year see, anyway. Right. I, I mean, no matter what you do, you you kind of. Butler's already made up his mind. Right. So you can't how do you reverse Let's it? Let's trade you him don't... back to Chicago for Zach Levine. <laughs> he's right. put up I think he's put up thirty points in every game so far this year. Wow. See I knew that guy had some and we traded him away. When whenever when that deal all went down, I'm like, nah, that that's that wasn't a good deal. Now look at our mess. Who would you and look at who do you think the Timberwolves would rather have now, Wiggins or Levine? Levine. And the Bulls wanted Wiggins initially. Really? But then, is it the manager? Is it the coach? Right. I I think that's a lot of it. I think he's a. I think he's an idiot, and I don't even follow it that closely. You know. Okay. The Bulls won championships. They know what good is. They got rid of him. Mm-hmm. And then we hire him? That says a lot right yeah, there. Yeah, it, it, it certainly does. It certainly does. I mean, I think Winners know winners. Losers I, don't know winners. I think a lot of people in this <laughs> town would have liked to have, not in this town as in Springfield, yeah. but in Minneapolis would have liked to have seen Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Here. 
But, you know, it didn't happen, so now we're stuck with what we have. I also think that, and he's one of us, you know, he's a comfrey boy, but, man, Glenn Taylor needs to sell this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's made bad dis- I mean, and let, I mean, let's be real, though. When when he hired Tibbs, we were all excited. We thought this yeah. was the turnaround for this for franchise. Sure. Um. But if if Flip wouldn't have died, we would have never hired him. Right, because Flip would still be in charge. Yep. And who knows who would be the coach? Maybe Tibbs would be the coach, and and Flip would still be the you know president of of operations. But then maybe we probably wouldn't have Tibbs because Tibbs came here because part of the reason was he was getting that. I mean, in any sport. I guess you don't really see it happen, and I don't recall it happening in baseball. Maybe it's happened there, but I've seen it happen in football, and we've seen it happen in basketball, where the coach is also the GM or the oh, yeah. president of basketball operations or whatever. In charge of to where the co- the coach what? also has player control of who he's getting. Yes, and I don't. I cannot think of a time when that's been successful. Yeah. I mean, Parcells was a great coach, uh-huh. but when he had, when he was... Isn't Bilicek? Or no? He probably has some say, but I don't think he's got any other title other than just coach. Okay. Okay. You know, but Parcells did it, say. Gibbs did it, uh, John Gruden's doing it now in in Oakland, and it's not working. Yeah. Wishing he had a pass pass rusher. <laughs> what do you think of this beer? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those beers, Corey, where I think uh, it might have tasted better if we did this one first. Yeah. <laughs> but when we've had two really good beers, and now we're having this one. Yeah. Um. So this is the. 17.7 Pale Ale, an American Pale Ale from Castle Danger Brewing. 17.7 uh, Pale Ale is named after our address in Two Harbors, 17 7th Street, that overlooks Lake Superior. 17.7 was crafted in our original 93-gallon system in Castle Danger. It is a hop-forward pale ale brewed with our 7-hop variety, but has enough of a biscuit malt backbone to keep it honest. It is our go-to beer at CDB. Enjoy. Yeah. Okay, go-to beer. Um, 5.8%. Uh, no IBUs. It is a... I don't know. I mean, so, I think part of the fact is that it was canned in July. So yeah, maybe, that, that, that could... So, I mean, it's three months old, which isn't terrible, but... When it comes to these types of beers, they say you're supposed to drink them early. Um, With the sevens? Yeah. Because what, 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 what do you call this beer when it's a seven beer or seven hops? They, they, they do seven hops, to seven different hops to make this beer. I don't know. Is that a specific type? I, I think so. No. No? I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, it's an ale. It's a pale ale. Yep. It's an but, American pale ale. 
Uh, I was going to look and see what it came up as on untapped because maybe we're maybe we're we got a tainted palate because we uh, had two really good beers. We had two awesome beers. It's got a three point seven one average on. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And I mean, I don't gonna, think I don't think it's terrible. No, it's drinkable, but it's just not on the on the high side. It's yeah, more on the low side of the scale. I mean, I'm gonna give it a three, an even three. I think it's solid beer, but it's not anything that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a... a 1.0? No, no. 2.5. Yeah, I think we just got spoiled. I think so, too. I mean, that... Because this, this, the more, you know, you let the taste set in. <laughs> yeah, I think for sure. I mean, if I, I say it week after week after week. If I, if I was at a bar and, and this was the, you know, it's not an IPA, but if this was uh, the closest thing they had to being an IPA on tap, if this was like the only craft beer they had, I would drink it all night and be satisfied. Yeah. And you know, to me that that's a that's always a three. If I'm gonna, really? if I could sit at a bar and drink it all night, or have a few of them, and excuse me, Farman's got you wore out. Yeah, huh? I guess yawn in here. Ah, uh, how many craft beers can you honestly say I'll never ever have that again? Crazy odd. Yeah. It's one. I mean, there's I mean, there are some that I've had where I'll be like, oh, I'll never have that again. Okay. I mean, there's a couple that that I'll see on a menu and be like, Yeah, I've had that and didn't care for it and I'll go for yeah, five to ten. So that okay. we've tried on the show over the last year. Okay, and we've tried over a hundred beers. Probably. Yes, no. Probably right around there, two so, beers a week for sixty some weeks. So that's like one percent, right? Yeah. Hell, we're oh, probably more yeah. than that because there's a lot of weeks we do three or four. Yeah. So that's you know just the craft beer industry, and the next guy will like say, "Oh, this is a good beer." Yeah. But there's a lot of good beers out there. I did. Find, I, I think that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. It's like, yes, we we. We find some stinkers, and but the percentage is so low. I did find out that the Sleepy Eye Brewery is a board-operated brewery. Mm. Kind of like Laverne is set up, where they're it's, okay, it's a board. Okay. Um, Isn't that how Mankato Brewery is, too? I don't know. I think so. But the one in Laverne was basically a group of farmers that decided we want to start a brewery. And they found some. They found a brewer 
and hired you know them to, hired that person to be their brewmaster. Yep. And and does everything and they fund it. Yep. Um, that makes me more confident in my in my prediction that it's going to be like a like a Laverne, like it's going to be a take sixteen. Okay. You'll have you'll have an IPA, you'll have a pale ale, you might have a stout, you'll have a wheat beer, but you're not going to have anything crazy, nothing out of the box. You're not going to have any hazies. You're not going to have any any you know milkshake beers, anything like that. I did see that. Uh, I cur- just I just feel with those types of breweries, they're the ones that are closing. Those are the ones that we read about that are closing. Oh, for sure. I did see that uh, Lost Sanity yeah. won a uh, Southern... There was a Southern Minnesota publication that did a... They always do a yearly poll of, you know, best brewery, best... Oh, Yeah. And I'm trying to find it here, see if they... So, Southern Minnesota Scene. Okay. It's a website publication, whatever, that does a best of for Southern Minnesota. And Lost Sanity won Best Brewery. And, I mean, I don't know if, you know, so... So, you, know, you didn't... I brought the, the full pulp okay. to the cast. And you were there. Yeah. Yeah, you tried. You, I think I was gone the night you guys did the Lost Sanity stuff. Oh, really? Or no, okay. maybe. Yeah, I was there. Okay. So I brought another one home, but it never made it to the to the pot. Yeah, fair enough. And, it, and it, what the heck was it called? It uh, The Black Manic? Something like that? Okay. And that was a really, really dark roasted lager. And you like your dark yep. beers. You would have loved that. Well, I you did. Would have rated that really, really high. So, so you got you got to go out there and check. I them will. Mankato's I mean, got the best. Mankato's for... got a new stout out or coming out that's supposed to be really good. They've got their hazy that I haven't tried yet that is being released this month. Uh, in other local brewery news, Brow Brothers is back opened up. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Um, when are they going to come out with some new? I mean, are they gonna come I don't know. with a hazy, or are they gonna, you know, do a milkshake? They've got or... some. They've got some of that sort of experimental stuff on tap. If you go to their tap room, yep. but they don't. You know, they don't have it out for sale yep. and can. But I'd like to get over there and check it out. I'd like to get down to Lost Sanity and check that out, and try some of this stuff. But there's beers out there, man. Yeah, that uh, and 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 uh, I, for what I've experienced in Southern Minnesota, those guys are right. La Sanity, they they hands comparing them to other breweries that I had in Southern Minnesota, they're right. La Sanity has better beers yeah. than everyone else. They're a little more brave on trying new things. Just good. I, I think they just know what good beer tastes like. You know, they just got the, the they got a good palate. They they know. You got to have a you got to have a brew a brewmaster that is willing to to try new things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like I said, cuz I mean, really 
Okay. Southern Minnesota, Corey. How many hazies are made? I mean, Mankato's first releasing theirs, you said, in, a, in another month. Yeah, they did that purple haze rain one that, that was supposed to be hazy, but that wasn't a true hazy in my no. opinion. Um, you know, and as far as you get over to southeast Minnesota, does, does F-Town Brewing out of Faribault have a hazy? You know, their big thing that they're known for is their peanut butter porter. Um, Shells doesn't do one, obviously. You know, the closest thing they got to anything outrageous is, well, they got they got the best sours. Yeah. I'd, I'd argue the best sours in the country. Shells? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure in the state. I mean, um, why did they make a whole separate building for it? Right. You know. uh, but they do have the Citra Blanc, the yeah. IPL now. Right. Um, Laverne doesn't do a hazy. They, you know. But I mean, just think of that. You know, it's like wow. And Medili is only. I mean, you got to go to the metro for anything from us. Yeah, you got to go to the metro for anything like that. Um, I did stop at Fair State to try and get some spirit fowl, and they didn't have any. Yeah, them sons of bitches. (laughs) I went, so I I happened to be up there on Monday. And I knew that I I was leaving. I looked, and it was like two miles out of my way to go by the brewery. So I got there at like 3.50. They opened at 4, so I waited 10 minutes, went in, and the bartender was like, oh, I, I don't think we can sell it. Oh. Like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, we were only supposed to sell it Thursday through Sunday. And then we'll sell it again this Thursday through Sunday. And somebody who was, I don't know if it was the owner, obviously it's a co-op, so it wasn't the owner, but there was somebody a little higher than him on the chain that was like, yeah, man, sorry, can't sell it to you. Because the the bartender was asking that other guy. And I'm like, I kind of tried to be the, well, I thought I'd check. I live three hours away and I thought I would. And he was like, yep, sorry, man, maybe next time. And I'm like, oh, man. See, in, in that stuff, it helps them, and it also hurts them at yeah. the same time. I mean, I can see it's in demand, but I was you're like... creating this thing, you know, you're creating, like, it's, it's a very limited, and it's really good. Yeah. But then it also, it hurts you, too. Um, right. You're not getting it to your guys. And he's like, it's going to be in stores next week, and I'm like... Oh, it will be in stores? The 29th, it'll be in stores. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we'll probably be able to get our hands on some, but are you going to go to make, you know, you're going to stop at Liquor Mart every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's when I think, you know. Because Clay's ain't getting any. Clay's no, don't carry Fair that, State stuff. That's that's when we just got to make that hour drive and go to Mankato. Yeah. To MGM. You know. So. They don't even mention it. You know, they got a good selection. So I was a little bummed, and I was on, so Andy kind of gave me shit. He's like, I got a lot of other good beers on tap. Why didn't you get something else? It's like, I was literally on such a tight time schedule to get right. back that I didn't, like, even, like, think of, like, I should look and see what else they have because I was <laughs> like, they don't have what I needed. I'm leaving. So part of me, when I left, I kind of felt like a dick. It's like, I could have bought something else, but I was just in such a mindset, like, this is what I'm right. going after. 
Right. So you're supposed to bring, you know, a couple home from for Tim and I. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have. Happen. I probably would have drank it all myself. You, you really, you know, you really dropped a ball, Corey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I did tell. So Chrissy was like, "So you stopped at to get, you stopped at Fair State?" And she's like, to "Get that for the podcast." And I'm like, "No, I was, I was getting it for me. Like, <laughs> if I." If you yeah, could, thanks a lot, Corey. Well, if you could only buy like two of them, yeah, that's true. That's true. Hard to share when it's good because it just your I mean, inten- no. You you should always say my intentions were to I mean, share with the podcast, but it never made it here. I like you guys, but if just I like only that, got two crawlers of that, I would have a hard time sharing it with you. Just like that other beer from Los Sanity. It never made it here. Yep. My intention was to bring it to the podcast. It happens. Never made it. You know, the good beers never make it. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to bring that jalapeno beer down, but... Yeah, that would have been interesting. Maybe I'll stop in. If I get up to the cities again, maybe I'll stop in and get one of them. Yeah. And bring down for maybe next week's show. Yeah. Halloween special next week. There we go. If Tim's back. And live, starting next week, the show is live streamed. Oh God! I'm, I'm gonna have to start dressing up. As long and shit. as Tim's back, well, it's Halloween. We're gonna wear costumes. We're gonna have to start wearing shirts. We're gonna have to stop showing up in thongs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else this week? We'll get this sent over to Tim. Oh, the firing of the referee! Oh, they, yeah, that that's was right. Huge. They uh, very first un- time very unprecedented. They fired a referee in season. First time they ever fired him. Is uh, it the first time? Yep. They've always fired them after the season. This is the first time they fired them in, in season. season. And they said it's because of a... Uh, a uh, blatant uh, missing a false start. Well, that was like the... During the Chargers That was Browns. like the straw that broke the camel's back. But they said... Yeah, there was a bunch there was, there was like... It was a record of... In, uh, like a constant of him like missing calls. Yep. Yeah. So... New NFL line judge coming this weekend, apparently. I don't know where they get them from, but... Pull them from the pull them from the pull them from the Canadian League. Should we should we end it with uh with uh, uh the same song that we sure that we uh, we actually got a, almost a full two hour show out of this tonight. Holy shit! So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, catch us next week live stream on YouTube. You'll be able to see us in our Halloween glory. Uh, thanks Adam for. Getting out of the field in time to get yeah. something out there tonight. Uh, thanks, everybody. And don't forget about uh, out of staters. Oh yeah, out of staters, go. bring us a beer and we'll get you a t-shirt and we'll comp you for the beer. So uh, anybody that's listening and you're traveling, planning a trip out of state or back and forth, we're always looking for beers we want to get. We've set our goal by this time next year. We want to get a beer from all fifty states. Yeah. If you bonus points, if you get a beer from Alaska or Hawaii. Oh, there we go. So, all right.